This is the Pain Information Network. Do you believe it's 97? So, pain and coexisting disorders. Dr. Stephen F. Grinstead is on. That's G is in go, R-I-N-S-T-E-A-D. And he's going to talk to us uh, today about pain and things that happen with pain because pain rarely sits alone. We've talked about this before. There's usually a lot of elements in a person's life that play into the ultimate outcome of their painful disorder. And that's important to understand. And also important to understand is that you really don't stand alone. So he is working collaboratively with the course director, Dr. Joseph Cabaret. And we just, as a coincidence, found that we are both trying to do the same thing on opposite coasts. So it's really fun to have him on. And Dr. Grinstead is a work in progress with this activity. And we're going to have him on again as the evolution of both our centers start to develop. So uh, he talks today about what it is to tackle addiction. He talks about how to treat addiction and how to avoid the stigma of addiction. He's a military man, and he's a tough guy, but uh, he's got a soft side too, so you get to hear that. So I'm going to get to it here in a second, but please go to iTunes, leave us a review. It helps us rank, and paininformation.com. Leave us a message, and we'll, we'll get, we're getting to all of them. The important thing about paininformation.com is I'm going to use it as an experimental platform. I'm putting together some webinars, and basically they're going to be essentially free webinars, but they're going to be about pain topics I've talked on and have presented at different meetings. And you'll get to see them, and they'll be good for physicians. They'll be good for all. So come by and visit us, and I'm not going to get into this any further until we get into our guest. Pleasure to have Steve here today. Uh, he's a director at the Healing Place, the Estates, and he's going to tell us a little bit about that. Uh, real interesting background, and he he did a fantastic lecture yesterday, and I'm very enthusiastic to have him on because um, it was really inspiring. This is a guy that's been in the healthcare industry for a long time, and he's dealt with substance abuse from the ground up and has intimate experience with it, the kind of experience that... Uh, uh, every practitioner needs to hear and a humbling experience for us all. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thank first of all for talking with me today because I love to get the message out that there is hope for this underserved population. And the population I'm talking about is people with chronic pain who have coexisting disorders, including addictive disorders or medication use disorders. They also have depression, severe unresolved trauma, anxiety. And these are the people that the pure biological approach doesn't work with really well, and it frustrates them, the patient, and the providers because they don't get better like 80% of the people will after the procedures. That's the people I love. Yeah, and and I I cannot drive it home enough that addiction is not a moral failing. I've said it many times. Number two, it's treatable, but it's not curable. And number three, when you're getting treatment, um, you're saving your life. So tell us a little bit about that. Okay, well, the American Society of Addiction Medicine has defined it as a neurobiologic brain disease that impacts people biologically, psychologically, socially, and now spiritually was added in 2013. So it impacts the whole person, but more than that, 
it impacts their family, their friends, their workplace. Everybody gets impacted. The next generation of kids get impacted by this dysfunctional pattern of coping that a lot of these chronic pain patients walk into because they have these untreated, unidentified uh, coexisting disorders. And currently, the best that's been happening is people are getting sequential treatment. So they go to their pain docs, and they get their pain needs met. They go to a psychologist. They get the mental health issues. They go to an addiction professional. They get that dealt with. But nobody's talking to each other. Nobody's collaborating with each other. And it often ends up badly. And then everybody wants to blame somebody else. And the patient is usually the one that gets blamed. And they get stigmatized. What's the best program? Somebody's going to say this, like, how can I get help and what should I do? And there's so many programs out there, so many philosophies, so much junk on TV. What's somebody to do? That's why I partnered together with two other powerful leaders in the healthcare field. John Stenzel, who's been at the executive CEO level in many healthcare organizations for a long time, and Dr. Joseph Cabaret, who is the president of Case Up Here, and when we met last year, it was the perfect storm. We got together, we talked about it, we found a property, we found a house, we bought it, we remodeled it, and we're going to offer step-down, step-up treatment levels. And the first one we opened while we're waiting to get licensure for a residential is an evening outpatient program, which started last week. And we're doing it a lot different than anybody else. We're doing a cohort system. We're bringing in cohorts to where the people start at the same time, they stay together, they go out together, and they get a multidisciplinary integrated assessment right up front to see what their specific needs are so that we develop the treatment plan right from week one, and it includes their continuing care recommendations. So we're always looking for collaboration partners that when they finish our primary treatment programs, we can hook them up with professionals in the area who can get their needs met, but stay We'll be like the case managers. We will be kind of guiding and getting people collaborating and working together and keeping the communications really clear. That's extremely important. You can't put somebody in a program and then kick them out the door. Uh, they will relapse. They will fail. And so you're, you're covering that. And what, what specifically are you going to do when they complete your program? Because, honestly, no one ever really completes a program. No, and that's why we don't use. There's a care in addiction treatments called aftercare. Right. I am adamant that we need to get rid of that word in the vocabulary. We talk about continuum of care and continuing care. That you're at the end of the beginning is what we tell people when they leave the program. You're at the end of the beginning. It's time to now get busy and start implementing a lot of the relapse prevention plans. And when I talk relapse prevention, I'm not just talking about addiction. I'm talking about prevention plans for pain flare-ups. I'm talking about prevention plans from dropping back into the post-traumatic stress disorder or the depressive disorder, the anxiety disorder. So they need to have an ongoing plan. And most importantly, they need to develop a team of accountability partners. We call it the Relapse Prevention Network. And we work with the patients and their teammates to develop a strategic plan so they don't have to face the pitfalls of relapse. You know, and relapse is... um is once again it's not a moral failing we almost kind of see it coming and expect it in many different types of patients not all of course but um, there are some success strategies that we try to give people 
And one of them, as you brought up yesterday, is to quit giving the helpless, hopeless signals and the wrong message, but more of a motivational message. Speak on that. Exactly, because I believe when people come in, they're in that hopeless, helpless victim state. We want to move them from victim to victorious, from hopeless to hopeful, from surviving to thriving. That's some of the benchmarks that we strive for. And we want to have patients see how well they do because when they come in, we do outcome measure clinical and medical assessments. And near the end of the program, we do that again, and then we show the patients the progress they've made and encourage them. Them that this recovery process is like walking up a down escalator than having a mistaken belief, if I stop doing what I'm doing, I'll stay in place. And they don't. They go downhill on that escalator. Yeah, yeah you're well put. I love the analogy you, you had about the guy that fell in a hole. I love that. Yeah, that because so many of these people are down in the bottom of the deep, dark hole, and nobody knows how to help them. So a lot of people blame the victim. A lot of people say, well, if you just do this, this, or that, uh, and, you know, they see an interventional pain provider says, as soon as you figure out how to get out of the hole, come see me, and I'll fix you. And the therapist, the same thing. And so we need to get the message out that, no, we need to get down there in the hole with the person and show them how to get out. We need to be their coaches and their guides. We need to work with people, not on people, because patient respect is one of the indicators for successful prognosis. And we want to empower our patients to become their own healthcare expert, because it's their body, it's their pain. We need to empower them to take care of that. Well, you know, this is this is a subject I I, I want to have you on again because uh, your message yesterday is one of those things you can't always just grab from a, a meeting. You actually have to hear it from the core, your your inside. And um, you know, if you could give somebody some some parting thoughts about how to get involved for your own health, for your own safety, to basically save your life if you have a substance abuse issue, what would you tell them from step to step to benchmark to benchmark? The first step is to find someone who has expertise in the entire with the entire picture and go in and talk to that place. You know, we just launched our new website. It's a healing place, theestates.com, all one word. And there's a lot of ways for you to connect with us. We'll answer questions. On my YouTube channel, I have about 500 videos with pain management tips, relapse prevention tips. There's a lot of information. And my freedomfromsufferingnow.com site has a whole lot of other indications on the articles page i would encourage people there's one article on there that is crucial and it's called moving beyond anticipatory pain because many of our patients have this anticipatory reaction and that's why they jump in and want to be medicated because they they don't know what else to do so we need to teach them there is a better way and so reaching out for help is the first step and for a lot of people especially men it's the hardest thing to do i know for me on my journey it was the hardest thing to do to open up and say me of all people a black belt in karate a marine has to reach out and ask for help and it was very embarrassing very shameful until i got it that when i was in the corps we always reached out to our brothers for support and help we had backup and that's what people need to get as a team. Yeah, socialization is is a it's a pivotal point in uh, recovery. When you can start socializing again, as opposed to the isolationist approach, 
um, you start looking to programs like yours and see that you are emphasizing that to the great success. You're not pushing, you're helping, wouldn't you say? Exactly. And one of the things we've offered is we've started up a free Chronic Pain Anonymous support group. It's a 12-step program for people living with chronic pain. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop suffering with your chronic pain. And we emphasize the importance because many of these pain patients have become extremely isolated and it takes a team to heal these pain patients and they need to have better relationships with family and friends community they need to find different support people they don't need enablers they need people that are going to kick them in the butt when necessary slow them down if they're doing too much so teaching them the importance of social support and activity pacing is absolutely essential yeah, that's great. Well, I really appreciated you coming on board, and I'm going to have you on again if you'll have us. And, Absolutely. Uh, I, I, I know your program is going to be successful. We're setting one up out uh, in the East Coast. you got the West Coast. And, uh, of course, we're going to have uh, therapeutic riding and, and some of the real – really neat things anybody that knows me knows i love animals so um yeah. keep us informed let us know how things go and i'll have you back soon absolutely and same with you keep in touch with us and we'd love to collaborate with you that's great thanks again another great interview and thanks so much for coming on dr grinstead we're gonna have you on again really look forward to that so uh, we're going to leave this uh, episode from the seventh annual meeting at the california society of interventional pain physicians and hosted by Dr. Joseph Cabaret, and we really appreciate being out there. So once again, uh, thanks again for joining us, and visit us at paininformation.com, and I'm going to see you in episode 98.